It's time now for super psychologist, Dr. Mara Carpell, and your golden years. Welcome to Dr. Mara Cartel and your golden years this evening and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. Central Time and at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and it's 4 p.m. Mountain Time right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpel.com. And today is Sunday, August the 26th and we are back in beautiful, hot Austin, Texas, hoping that the weather is going to cool down soon. We're we're already approaching September. We're waiting. And I hope you're staying cool wherever you are and safe, especially if you're listening in Hawaii where there's flooding from the tropical storm. And Art Mendoza of Accomplice Entertainment, producer of this program, is here with us to make the show run. And we hope to keep it cool with another great program this evening. First, we would like to send our condolences and our thoughts and prayers to the McCain family, and we are thinking about Senator John McCain, who passed away yesterday from brain cancer, and who, no matter what political orientation we might prefer, we cannot deny was an American hero and a man of integrity, working hard, especially in the last years of his life, and even when he was sick trying to pull the political parties together to create policies to heal the people of this nation rather than divide us. So rest in peace, Senator McCain. You are remembered. And we have a great program in store for you. Um, In a little while after the break, we have best-selling author, writing, publishing consultant, leadership expert, message strategist, speaker, and founder of Writing at Your Edge, Kathy Barrow, and she'll be joining us on the phone from Colorado Springs to join me in a discussion about writing your own book and the process that she coached me through from the start of my book, The Passionate Life, through to its publication, now that it's out on Kindle and ready to launch very soon in paperback. And then later in the program, musician Michael Reese joins us also from Colorado Springs with some of his original music. And along the way, I'll share some insights into one of my favorite topics, being generous without expectation, which is one of the chapters in my new book. So another sneak, and throughout this evening's program, we will have time to take your questions. So if you have any questions or comments for me or for my guests, please feel free to give a call. The toll-free number is 855-345-4720. That's 855-345-4720. Or you can email your questions to me, and I will read them on the air to my guests. And the email address is drmara, that's D-R-M-A-R-A, at drmarakarpel.com, D-R-M-A-R-A-K-A-R-P-E-L.com. And be sure... If you do have a question, be sure to 
email or call while my guests are still here on the air so that they can answer your questions, of course. And you can hear this evening's program again later by going to my website. And the link to the podcast will be posted later tonight along with all of the website links that my guests might give on the program. And you can hear the podcast alone in as soon as five minutes after the show ends by going directly to blogtalkradio.com, that's B-L-O-G, talkradio.com, slash your golden years. And for information from previous programs and to get the links from previous programs and listen to previous programs since we've been on the air for six and a half years, um, to find out all of the information about my upcoming book, to read my blogs, watch videos, everything is at my website, drmaracarpel.com. And you can hear all of the previous podcasts that we have done here on Blog Talk Radio for four and a half years by going directly to Blog Talk Radio, B-L-O-G, talkradio.com slash your golden years. And also be sure to follow me on Facebook because on Facebook I give you up-to-the-minute information about upcoming programs, about news related to my book, about my blogs, I, I post all the links to my blogs as they come out. Um, they are come out in the press and any other information. Um, you can find all of that at my Facebook pages. I have one page that is for this radio show, and that is um, Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years, and that's on Facebook. And the other Facebook page is The Passionate Life. You can follow me on Facebook for all of the up-to-the-minute news. And this program is sponsored by, um, where did that go? Dr. Ronald DeVere, neurologist, memory specialist, and author of the book, Memory Loss, Everything You Want to Know But Forget to Ask. To make an appointment with Dr. DeVere at his memory clinic in Lakeway, Texas, or to purchase a copy of his book, you can call him at 512-261-7909, or you can email him at, at rdevere, that's R-D-E-V-E-R-E, at austin.rr.com. And his book is also available on Amazon. And this program is also sponsored by StoryHouse. StoryHouse gathers your stories and turns them into multimedia collections that can be shared now and for generations to come. Have StoryHouse over to conduct a private interview in your home or invite them to your next big event or family reunion. StoryHouse, where your memories live. Find out more at yourstoryhouse.com or call 512-296. And just a little bit of information before we go to a commercial break. Um, if you are the first, If you are tuning in for the first time, I'm a licensed psychologist from New York City practicing here in Austin, Texas, and in the Rio Grande Valley of Texas. And I work with adults of all ages and have a specialty of working with seniors and caregivers and for the past few years have also been evaluating veterans for PTSD. And part of the time, my office is in the wonderful Veterans Resource Center, Heroes Night Out, which is located in Cedar Park, Texas. 
And for information about this really great resource for veterans and for their families, I urge you to check out their website, heroesnightout.org. This evening's program is produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions. And we are going to take a short break to run a few of our sponsors' commercials. And when we come back, Kathy Sparrow will be joining us on the phone to talk about writing your book and how she coached me through my book. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Super psychologist Dr. Mara Carpell will be back after words from our sponsors. Dr. Mara's new book is now available on Kindle, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, by Dr. Mara Carpell, host of your golden years, is ready for your reading pleasure. And remember to listen to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years, live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com. About memory loss? Dr. Ronald DeVere, certified neurologist and director of Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders in Lakeway, has been helping those with dementia and memory loss for over 12 years. Specializing in the diagnosis, treatment, and counseling of those with memory loss and dementia, Dr. DeVere also has a book to reduce your worry and fear by knowing the fact. Memory loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. Available now on Amazon.com. Dr. Ronald DeVere, Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders center in Lakeway, and his book, Memory Loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. For more information or to schedule an appointment, call 512-261-7909. Please visit us on the web at www.drmaricarpel.com. And we're back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpel and your golden years right here on Blog Talk Radio and on drmaricarpel.com. And now joining us on the phone from Colorado Springs, we have writing, publishing, consultant, best-selling author, leadership expert, message strategist, speaker, and founder of Writing at Your Edge, Kathy Sparrow. Good evening, Kathy. <laughs> Good evening. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? I'm good. I just realized we're like two weeks from your Amazon paperback launch. I know. It's pretty exciting. I know. I was just telling, um, actually, your next guest for the music part, Michael Reese, that we uh, this all began because of a, a watermelon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I, it always brings a smile to my face. Yeah. You never know what the universe is going to bring. That's right. That's right. And and the, to, so to explain, I purchased the watermelon from Art at a farmer's market in South Padre Island before I moved from Texas to San Diego. And, yes, I'm a bit of a gypsy, and here I am in Colorado. <laughs> mhm. And then you met me and two years later, and, yeah. And, yeah, that's and, when the okay. show was just talk for getting the, the program on the radio. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And then we said we started with your book, but then suddenly I had this idea that you needed to be blogging, too, and we got you on Huffington Post, and... Yeah, then, it's been a great ride, and there's a lot more to come. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you're not a one-book wonder. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. so, Kathy, before we get into a discussion about the 
the book and the process of your coaching with the book. Maybe you can tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. So the, the interesting thing is when I ha- I've always wanted to be a writer. Oops, and I have a helicopter, so I'll close the door. Um, I've always wanted to be a writer, and you know, since since I was like eight years old, I would just like pour myself into books. And then when it came to go to high school, I said to my guidance counselor, "I want to be a writer," and he said, "You'll never be a writer." And then devised, you know, designed a business plan for me. But that passion, that desire, never left. And you know, I got married young, had a couple my babies and I went back to school had by, by that time had a, an associates in accounting and, and this is in upstate New York. And, uh-huh. and really it, it was at a time when I was, um, you know, I wasn't expected to have a career, just to have a little pin money, that kind of thing. It was just kind of an insulated area. So anyway, I began, I went back to school and a distance program. And one of my mentors said, you need to be writing. And I was writing stories about my childhood, about my aunt, and um, pink knitting needles that I learned how to knit on. And it was probably three or four years later, I wrote a piece on um, how I overcame my fear of heights by climbing um, Monument Mountain in Berkshires. And I had taken my kids hiking, and and I wrote that piece, and I put it in the mail to um, a publication, and, and I, the mail, not email, but the actual snail mail, right. put it in a publication uh, called The Paper that was out of Chatham, New York, and the editor called me and said, I can't use this piece, but I want you to write for me, and that really began my, I, and I did personality profiles. I got, to, I got to write about writers and artists and dancers and musicians. It was really cool, and from there, mm-hmm. it just evolved and and probably 10 years after that somebody said to me what do you do and I said I'm a writer and they said I've always wanted to write and I realized I, that question had been asked several times so I began coaching people on writing um, and then probably 10 years after that I went back to school and got my master's and began teaching writing in the university level so uh-huh. uh, that's that's kind of how I got here write my own books um, yeah, two years or no, about a year and a half ago, Ignite Your Leadership came out, and that was a, an anthology with 10 other of my uh, colleagues from the, um, some advanced trainings in Jack Canfield's world on the success principles. And then another chapter came out in um, a book called The Innovators, and that was um, so. And then I have a novel in the works, and I write poetry, so I've got my fingers in a lot of different genres. Right, right. So what does, you know, what does coaching mean when you talk about writing coaching? I really am a collaborator. I'm a partner in the process. As you, you know, I, I become really vested in it. Uh, I listen to my client's vision and I help, help them get clearer on that so that they really have a product that will help elevate them because really our books nowadays um, unless they're novels and, and things like that, are our are, are, are calling card for you know what we do. Like for you, you want to use your book to speak more. And that's a, mm-hmm. mostly um, a lot of speakers and trainers use books as a way to introduce them, their material to the world. And you know, in a marketing term, it's kind of the top of the funnel. It's an easy way for people to get to know you. And right. so... 
I not only am looking at the message, I'm looking how can we position this message, and that's kind of the building the buzz part of the of the coaching. Mm-hmm. So, so find marketing right. as intriguing as you know getting that message across. Mm-hmm. So, so, as you know, yeah. Go, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I, and the coaching, it could. T- I have some people who get a book done in six months because they have, you know, just what they're doing. That's all they're doing. And other people would take because life comes up, or it, you know, we're all working in other gigs. Possibly, um, it takes longer. So there's no. I don't. It's not a cookie cutter formula with me. Right. Very, right. Very specific. Yeah. I mean, it, it was four and a half years for me. I thought it was two. <laughs> yeah. Well, and life happened and you ended up mm-hmm. writing about your life events, you know, your dad and things with your mom. And so it all be, I, I state that that's primary research that ends up going into our writing. And I see it all the time in almost mm-hmm. everybody's project. There's always something that comes up that feels like a distraction or a delay and ends up being really important material that goes in the book. Right, right. It definitely, you know, my dad falling and then his passing certainly um, colored a lot of the book and made it Mm -hmm. make a turn. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. But not in a negative direction for anybody who's listening. It's not a sad book. Oh gosh, no! Your book is your. I, I every time I went through it, it was like, oh, I have to do this. Oh, I have to, you know, whether it was trying a new sleep, you know, way to, you know, reminding myself not to keep my devices on before I went to bed, or, you know, the the nutrition tips you want, you know, you had your guests on your show, their their material came into the book, so I found it mm-hmm. very inf- informational on and many times. So, right, right. And I have to go back and read some of the chapters <laughs> to remind myself, which I, I I say that right at the start of the book, right, that I remind yeah. myself of these constantly because, you know, I, I came up with some of these techniques because I needed them. Mm-hmm. That's usually what we do. do. We write what we need to know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I thought I would, you know, maybe we could have a discussion about what it, you know, what the process was, like give a a one-person example, uh, um, one-subject experiment <laughs> of what it was like in this process of my writing the book and having you coach me. Mm-hmm. I think that would be good because I have some questions for you too. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So what? So, I'll let you start, though. Well, I just, you know, the the reason that you know we came be my writing coach. Um, I had this show. By the time you came on the show, we had been on the air for two years. A little, mm-hmm. little all, like we were about to leave. I think you were like right at the end of when we were on local Austin radio, and we were about to move over to the internet because. Art, who is producing this show, had your card from the time we were talking about the program, and then he handed it to me and said, and I had seen it, he said, you're not ready to have her on the show yet. (laughs) And then he handed me the (laughs) card and he said, 
now you're ready, you should have her on the program. (laughs) (laughs) So then you came on the program, and, you know, I had always wanted to write a book. And, Mm -hmm. um, in fact, when I, before I moved to Texas, when I was living in New York and working in nursing homes during the day, one of my favorite things to read was, um, the genre was murder mysteries. Mm-hmm. And so I decided I was going to write a murder mystery. That was actually what I was going to write. And I came up with all kinds of ideas about how to write, a, you know, about the mystery, what happened. And they all took place in a nursing home because I discovered that, you know, nursing homes seem like the, the safest place in the world, but all kinds of weird stuff can happen in these huge, especially huge New York City nursing homes. So, like the time they had me evaluate someone to see this man who had Alzheimer's, why did he have a butcher knife hidden between his mattress and his box spring? Yeah, wow. He had just come home from, he just come back from being at home. And so they wanted me to, like, solve this mystery. Which was was never solved, and so I kind of like created a mystery in my mind that this knife had been used in some murder, and somebody came and brought and hit it, you know. So, but I never got past writing the initial chapter because murder mysteries are really pretty complicated to write. Yeah, they're formulaic. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, yeah. And then, but you did the right thing. By What's reading that? what you want to, you by reading what you want to write. That's that is a that's something I have my all clients do. I mean, you were already right. doing that anyway in your genre, right. but yeah, yeah. But then you know I kind of let that go um, and moved to Texas, and then got you know eventually started this radio program, and then you know started learning all this information, and I love doing the gram and letting people know all this information. And so when you came on the show talking about writing a book, I, you know, and actually it was Artie said, maybe you should have her help you write a book. And I immediately said yes, because Mm. I always wanted to write a book. But, you know, now I can write a book about something that I actually know about. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) So... I really didn't know where it was going to go or what the journey was going to be like. I just felt like this burning desire to start writing. And, but yeah. I needed I needed help finding my voice. Yeah. Yeah, so, and you did um and and I loved seeing your voice evolve. You came to me with a very academic voice. Because that mm-hmm. that was that was how you were practiced. You were practiced writing in you know an academic field, and right. You over the time you became more conversational. So and that's right. that's really rewarding. Yeah, that was a big hurdle for me because I had so many years in academia plus my job still was writing that way. I'm constantly mm-hmm. writing reports, and, and you know, so to be able to switch it off. Right. And write how I how I speak was big a hurdle for me. So, but yeah. you helped me with that. Yeah. And then the other thing was using story, some of your own stories, which was also another hurdle 
but those our personal stories are what um, allow our audience to trust us. It gives us, you know, when we're transparent, they can go, oh, they've been there. I can trust them, you know, on this journey. Right. Well, it was that was a hurdle for me because we were always trained as psychologists not to give away too much of our own life. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, so for me to start revealing that felt really it was scary. I think it's scary for everyone to reveal things about yourself, but I think it also felt really, really weird and strange because mm-hmm. of that training. Yeah. I, I still have times where I will go, you know, want to clean the refrigerator rather than write, write something that I know I have to share, you know, that's deeply personal. And you right. know, it's, and I know that feeling. It's like, oh, I'm going to go do something other than sit down and write. But eventually, by getting through that, though, it really, even my Facebook post, I just noticed that it makes, it really connects it more widely or deeply, mm-hmm. however you meant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, I've noticed that when I post blogs that are more personal, they get a lot more uh, feedback, positive feedback. Mm-hmm than ones yeah. that are more academic sounding like you should do this. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> Where you, yeah, and, you put, go ahead. No, I also, you know, I found that I had more material when I started getting personal Then I could start actually working on some of those issues that I came across that I had a hard time with and could actually work it out and on um, in print. Right. We all have writable lives. We all have lessons and, and gifts that we can share through telling our story. Um, but we often often go, you know, nobody wants to read this. It's not that important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's just the opposite. It is important because we're, I mean, especially in today's world, we're so bombarded with so much negativity. It's like, you know, somebody like, let me know I'm not alone out there. You know, that's what we're looking for. That's why we read, because we want to know that, oh, there's hope. You know, there's, we're not, we're not on this island without other people understanding us. So when we're able to do that for others, that's, that's a real, that's a real gift. So, so what are your, some of your questions for me? So I guess what I would say, ask, first off, what were, what were some of your biggest obstacles? Well, well, those two that I mentioned, okay. you know, trying to not sound so academic and also being able to get more personal and mm-hmm. and vulnerable. Um, but how I did you get also, through that? How did I get through that? Yeah. Um, how did... Well, you kept coaching me on that. That helped. <laughs> we talked about those issues quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and then once I started doing that, getting the positive feedback from people who, you know, strangers who read my yeah. my blogs, and those particular blogs are the ones that came back with more positive feedback, you know, that reinforcement helped mm-hmm. me to see that I was on the right track, right? So that, mm-hmm. that always helps. Um, but the other part of it that, that got me through it. The other thing, the other factor that was a really huge reinforcement for me to do those things 
was that it felt really good when I did it. Like mm-hmm. it became it became therapeutic for me in dealing mm-hmm. with the issues of life to be to put it out there on paper and say, hey, this is what I'm going through. And because I always want to be positive, even when I talk about negative issues, painful issues, not negative, but, you know, painful issues of life, I want there to be a positive outcome. Mm -hmm. I don't want people to walk away and say, well, well, I just, you know, why don't I just go jump off a bridge? That was horrible. I want it to be like a positive outcome. So it forced me to work work it through to find answers to those issues so that I could feel better and I could pass it along to people in my writing. And that was mm-hmm. very big, um, a very big reinforcement to doing that, to writing about my own personal journey and putting it in just regular terms and not academic terms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I look at the writing process as a way really to discover more about ourselves and also for our own healing. And then mm-hmm. there's a shared benefit when our readers read our healing journey. They they get some, you know, they that either gets them going or maybe gives them that answer that I don't I don't want to use the word final, but that big answer they've been looking for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just wrote a blog um, that I posted in Thrive Global last week, and it was excerpts from the book that I put together into a blog on the same topic, you know, so mm-hmm. that people could get like a sneak peek into the book. And this was about the issue of dealing with my father's death during the course mm-hmm. of writing the book and still staying on track toward finishing the book and doing mm-hmm. the radio program. And and finding my way back to joy, and mm-hmm. um, and people wrote me messages, um, uh, in response to that, at thanking me for writing it, that it really touched them, and that they, it it touched them because they were going through the same thing. Right. Right. Yeah. So that was really, and then and then that has the reinforcing. Um, aspect of then going back and rereading it to remind myself of those things that I learned from the situation because mm-hmm. it's, it's a process. It's not like, you know, you get through it and everything is is wonderful now and you never deal with the pain again. Wouldn't that be nice, huh? Yeah, right, exactly. Psychotherapy. Otherwise people would just come one time and Never go back again. (laughs) (laughs) So if you were to give a piece of advice to somebody about ready to write a book, what would it be? Um, Well, you know, the other obstacle that I was going to mention, and this is the one that I think that most people say, um, Mm -hmm. and they say this about everything that, you know, every technique that I teach people and about, you know, meditation and, you know, anything is I don't have time. Oh, yeah. And I yeah. think that just, you know, you you make, you make time for things that mm-hmm. are important to you. So just sitting down and just writing, even, you know, you said this to me, just 10 minutes 
And then it turns into an hour or two hours sometimes when yeah. you actually really do have the time. Um, once the flow starts, then it just keeps going. Yeah. Yeah. So even, yeah, that, that it is a practice. It It's a practice just like doing yoga or running. We have to, and, and it's almost like that 10 minute, 15 minute practice, whatever we do is a way to prime that pump and get that momentum going. I have to do it myself too, because a lot of times I get, you know, involved in my client projects and I put my own stuff aside, my own writing aside. And, and it's, to me, that causes a lot of internal friction. So I, ha- I, when I start feeling that, it's like, oh, I haven't written in a few days. So I'll literally mm-hmm. sit down, put the timer on, and then I, I keep hitting repeat, repeat. <laughs> so, right, right. Yeah. 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 I mean, one thing that I also found really worked for me, and I don't, you know, they, they talk about, you know, the morning pages where you just sit and you just write, like, uh-huh. freestyle about anything. I, you know, I decided I would start doing that, but then it sort of morphed, and what I found was that if I wrote about something completely unrelated to what I was actually going to write about, writing about, I would start actually telling a story mm-hmm. with me in third person and with me as the main character, and I would sort of just describe where I was sitting and turn it into like a scene in a book Mm -hmm. it would start to just get things flowing and then before before long I was actually writing about the topic that I had planned on writing about right and and that that no that's really um Ernest Hemingway used to write letters before he started writing really yeah yeah Okay. It's just sort of like, I guess it opens up that creative flow. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, I'll journal. I, I'll open my computer and journal for 15 minutes or so before I jump over onto something that I'm going to create mm-hmm. from a, you know, with in, with intention. My journaling, not that journaling isn't with intention, but it's like if I know I need to write a piece or you know do a chapter on my next project, it's like okay. Well, I'm going to do this writing, this journaling first, and it just kind of, it does. It just kind of can seed the pot. Sometimes I just, you know, that I need to write about something else in the process, like you said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that storytelling aspect of it kind of like opened me up and and made me more able to, it makes me more able to, um, be vulnerable mm-hmm. and then sort of move into what is it that I really want to talk about, you know, that's related to what's going on in my life and how I'm going to solve it. Mm-hmm. 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 Right. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes we have to like clear that surface stuff first and then, mm-hmm. then oh, there's, there's really what I want to write about today. Yeah. 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 You know, and and I wrote about different, I mean, the the book has so many chapters. So I wrote about a lot of different issues. And, you know, I remember there was one where I talked about how to deal with other people saying negative things to you. That's a hard one. Right. Yeah. So, and I had just 
experienced that. So I sort of just like that was more like journal writing. I just wrote out like, you know, how I felt about that and then kind of looked, you know, just started thinking about, well, how do I get through this? How do I start Mm -hmm. feeling better about it? And then turned that into the chapter about how to how to deal with that and how not to that'll always happen. There are always gonna be right. people out there who say negative things. Absolutely. Especially when you're creating and following your own joy. You know, you're being mm-hmm. <laughs> as soon as you start straying away from the you know, the status quo, people are always gonna go, What are you doing? You know, how dare you? And maybe not in those terms but exact words but things right. often come up. So Right. Yeah. Right. So, and then, you know, I really didn't know what I wanted to do after the book was done. I knew I wanted to speak, so it sort of morphed into, well, I think I'm going to create a course Mm -hmm. and go deeper. Yeah, that's what's really cool. I mean, it's, you're taking that material from the book and I can't even remember how many pages we were at now. It's like over, what, 250, something like that? Something and, like that. Yeah, and and so you've got all this material. You don't have to create a course on something different. You can just go into your book and repurpose that material, that content, and then you have course content. Just like you've mm-hmm. taken you, – sometimes you've had blogs that go into chapters and chapters that go into blogs, and then your social media posts, it's like – it's really about, you know, double, triple, whatever, dipping to, you know, make sure that content has a full life and not just, okay, I'm done with that book. Let's go find something else to do. So, right. right. Yeah. So your, your, your course is on track for the fall mm-hmm. somewhere around there. Yeah. 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 As soon as enough people, you know, buy the book and know about the course, then mm-hmm. the course will be ready for them to, to participate in. <laughs> right. I, I'm I'm working on it. Um, <laughs> so I predict that the course will be done early November. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you're doing a lot of promotion right now, and that's another piece right. of writing a book. Is that um, you know you'll be out here in October. Um, yes. Doing yes. a signing in the Colorado Springs area. We're, we're going to hone in on that exact location this, this, um, this week. Uh, mm-hmm. Got possibilities in Boulder. You, you're setting up things for New York and, and Austin. So, um, you know, you're using and your South contact. Padre Island. Oh, Padre that's right. Island South Padre well. Island. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Paragraph bookstore. I did a signing yeah. there a few years ago. Gosh, uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah, and it, that's part of the process. And, and that's really interesting because I, when I wrote On the Mother of the Goon, Fly Fishing and the Spiritual Journey, I didn't really know, I, I, I didn't have that marketing sense for the book like I do now for books and my clients' books. It's like, no, it doesn't end. Just because your book is done, now, now it's the time when this work really gets going so you can spread that message. And uh-huh. um, yeah, and going on other radio shows and podcasts as well. Uh, we need to right, right. 
Yeah, this is uh, this going. is new. This is new territory for me to start promoting um, my book and putting myself out there like this. This is, you know, I I mean I've done it to a degree with when I started my practice as a psychologist, but this is much more um, focused and intense. <laughs> Right. And you also do the promotion with the radio show. The interesting thing is yeah. you're going to be on the other side. That's kind of why I wanted to ask you some questions and going, hey, this is, <laughs> the shoe's going to be on the other foot. So, but that's all part yes. of it. And, and just it's a really interesting way to continue to share your message and then maybe get people to buy the book and, you know, get to know you better and, you know, take the next step. And that's, that's part of what writing about writing is about. It's like, we have messages that need people need right now. And we're, and Mm -hmm. if we're not willing to do all the marketing for them, then we're, you know, maybe somebody's going to miss, miss out. Right. And I, you know, I do want to say that um, there are a lot of books out there, a lot of books and a lot of books on similar topics and people who have been writing about it for a long time and have, you know they have a head start in getting their name out there and you know just maybe we're lucky or maybe very good and their name is really big but I think that most people who are interested in reading about a particular topic tend to read more than one book so absolutely there's room <laughs> There's room for multiple books about a similar topic because the writers are coming from different perspectives. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I'm, I laugh because I'm looking at my bookshelves as you said that. And it's like, that's the biggest part whenever I move. That's my biggest worry is how all these books that I have. Um, right. It, it, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people who write about health and wellness and aging and nutrition and I want to say two things about this on your, you know, but one specifically towards your book, but each of us takes our experiences and shares them in our own unique way. Not everybody's going to have the same experience. That's why when we watch a movie with someone, you know, there's going to be some part of the movie that sticks out to one of us, you know, myself versus somebody I'm watching it with say, and the same thing with your with your book. It's like you had your own unique perspective, and what and the beauty of your book. And I think this is really, you had a you've already you were already doing a lot of research through your guests on your show, and mm-hmm. you were able to learn a lot. So you you've actually compiled. I mean, forget how many sections we have five sections, right? Mm-hmm. Do yeah. I remember that correctly? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and so that's really five different books in some ways, mm-hmm. material for five different books. And you saved your readers a lot of, a lot of reading uh, by really compiling a lot of resources and weaving them throughout the book. And I, I think that's the, and if they want to go deeper, they can go see these, you know, either go to the websites of your, your um, guests in your book or mm-hmm. listen to your radio shows again. So right. I think that's, right. You, you, yeah, you did a real service by by really having all that in one place. Yeah, I mean, I really wanted to, you know, and um, I wanted 
to, I mean, I guess I always want to share whatever information I have, you know, that's how I, I just, that just makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. So, and then I've had all these wonderful guests on the program for over the six and a half years I've had this program who have, you know, shared so much expert knowledge. Um, So I wanted to share that as well in the book while weaving in my experience as a psychologist in the mm-hmm. last 26 years plus my own personal experience. So, and maybe, you know, in trying to use my professional experience and the information from my guests to talk about issues that I've come across and how I dealt with it using all of that. Mm-hmm. And I, how right. I've recommended for my guests, my um, my clients, to deal with issues. So it's all kind mm-hmm. of in there. Um, and you know, one of one of the comments that I have gotten from someone who, from two people who read the book and got back to me about it, um, was that they went and bought a few other books based on my recommendation in my book. Wow, that's cool. I just get chills on that. Yeah. One. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But they were like, "Wow, there was so much, so many people here. I wanted to read their books, and so you know, and it's all in there. I don't hide any of that. I'm not in competition with anybody. They're all, we're all working together. Exactly, exactly. And I think the other thing too that strikes me about your book and knowing you, you, you really are living a passionate life by taking this information and sharing it. You always, I, every time we talk about it, you get excited, and I love hearing that mm-hmm. in your voice. So, you're walking right. the talk, and and which is important with a book. I think we need to, you know, with any message a blog, it's like we need to be in alignment and congruent with our message, and you really are. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. that's cool to watch <laughs> from my perspective. Yeah, it's really neat to watch. Yeah, and and you know, and I write about that in the book that this these this whole path has been my North Star <laughs> mm-hmm. in getting through yeah. the darker times, you know. Both the radio program and writing the book have both been uh, the things that have kept me going, and and I love sharing information and any new information that I that I learn. I love to share it. Yeah, yeah. and you're doing it through two di- mm-hmm. three different ways. You're blogging, your book, and your radio. Yeah, and speaking. Yep. You're now speaking and, too, so right, and teaching a course. Yes. Mhm. There's more to come. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Kathy, getting back to you before we have to go. Um, okay. Are you still doing? Are you still open for clients for coaching through their oh, writing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I love working with other people to get their message out there. And, you know, because I came out of the traditional publishing world and then I, you know, also have published as a um, small publisher and in a hybrid world. And so I'm, I'm really well versed in, in the whole industry and I know how to get people to get, you know, start looking at magazines or blogging to be able to do that. And it, that's what juices me. That's my passion. You know, I love writing. I love helping people get their messages out there. And, um, you know, my website is kathysparrow.com. Um, I'm mm-hmm. on Facebook. I have the Writing at Your Edge Facebook page. Um, 
I have some new things that I'm beginning. Uh, um, I really want to, in addition to helping people get their message out there, I want to do, I'll be doing some videos with some of my folks. Uh, you will be included. <laughs> Called okay. the writable life. Because I really believe we we all have a writable life and that um, our messages are important. So, yeah, I'm, I, oh, cool. I may have moved to the mountains, but I haven't haven't retired. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to uh, post the link. I think it's already there, but I'm going to repost the link on my web post. So Great. if people want are interested in finding out what you do and how they can have your help, they can just yeah. go to my website and click on the link. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. All right. So, and in two weeks, September 10th, the launch for the Passionate Life, Creating Joy and Vitality at every at every at any age. Sorry, on Amazon, paperback. Creating Vitality and Joy at any age. Yes. Oh, did I miss on it? On Amazon, it'll sorry. be it'll be in paperback starting September 10th. I think it actually. It's a launch, and that means that it goes to print on that day. But I believe that people can start ordering it that day. Yes, they can order it, and then it'll take the you know usual Amazon three or four days or whatever it is, depending right. on the well, program. I think, I think if people have Amazon Prime, they may expect it the next day. But I think that first week they may have to wait three or four days, and then after that yeah. it'll be it'll be back yeah. to normal. You know, yeah, two days. Yeah. Already some great yep. reviews there. You have great testimonials um, from a lot of experts in the field. It's it's an awesome book, and I'm it's been an honor to be with you on this journey. Well, I get, I get all emotional. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for your help, and and we're going to see you in. Um, Month and a half, I guess. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it'll be cool. Like, wow. Um, we, we, two times in less than four months, we'll see each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, person, and, um, in person. And I'm excited. I'm going to start, you know, as soon as I have dates for the book signings and locations, I will start um, talking about it here on the program and posting it on my Facebook page and on my website. So. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to meet people. You know, that's that's the whole fun of doing a book signing is having people come out and meet you and talk to you. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So. It is fun. Well, thank you so oh. much for letting All right. come on. Well, and... well, thank you. And um and we'll be talking very soon. All right. All right. <laughs> Have a great evening. Bye. You too. All right. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to take a brief break, and we have lots more to come, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Are you or a loved one a Medicare beneficiary? Help save you and Medicare money by stopping Medicare fraud. Fraud happens when Medicare is billed for services or supplies you never receive. There are three easy things you can do to fight fraud. Review your Medicare claims for accuracy, protect your personal information, and be on the lookout for suspicious activity. For more information or to report fraud, call Medicare at 1-800-MEDICARE or your local SHIP counselor at the Area Agency on Aging at 1-800-252-9240. 
Monroe. Worry about memory loss? Dr. Ronald DeVere, certified neurologist and director of Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders in Lakeway, has been helping those with dementia and memory loss for over 12 years, specializing in the diagnosis, treatment, and counseling of those with memory loss and dementia. Dr. DeVere also has a book to reduce your worry and fear by knowing the fact. Memory loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. Available now on Amazon.com. Dr. Ronald DeVere, Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders center in Lakeway, and his book, Memory Loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. For more information or to schedule an appointment, call 512-261-7909. Dr. Mara's new book is now available on Kindle. The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age by Dr. Mara Carpell, host of your golden years, is ready for your reading pleasure. And remember to listen to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com. Please visit us on the web at www.drmaracarpel.com. And we're back. If you're just joining me, this is Dr. Mara Carpell in your golden years, right here on Blog Talk Radio and on drmaracarpell.com. And um, before our guest musician called in this evening, also from Colorado Springs, Michael Reese, um, I have a few minutes to give you some news and also talk about one of the talk about one of my favorite topics and also uh, one of the topics that I talk about and wrote about in the book. So for news, as we mentioned in the interview, um, my book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is still on sale on Kindle. It's only 99 cents right now. That's only going to be for a little while longer. Um, So you might want to Get it now, even if you want the um, softcover book, because I have a lot of website links on, on the on, in the book, and so on Kindle, it's easy to just click on the link, and it'll have you take you have it take you to those websites when you're using a device. And then the book um, in paper, I like to hold a book in my hand and read it. So there is that aspect of it, but the other part of it is it is a resource book. It does have a lot of information and a lot of different chapters, and you may want to just um, go back and forth in the book. So you might want to go back a few chapters and look for that information that you remembered reading about and that sort of thing. So it's much easier to do that in a, uh, a, a book an actual book in your hand. And so since the Kindle version is on sale right now, you know, you might as well get that even if you plan to get the book. And the book it does launch on September 10th. And as I mentioned, um, it will be available to order at that time. It goes to print and will be, you know, be in print by the end of that week. So that's a Monday. You probably will have the book by Friday or the following Monday. And then after that, it'll be the normal, you know, amount of time that it takes to get a book from Amazon. So if you have Prime, it'll be two days. If not, it'll be a few days. Um, And I am doing some book signings. As Kathy mentioned, I'll be doing a book signing in the Colorado Springs area. And um, Art Mendoza, the producer of this show, will be performing. 
at that book signing as well. It'll be, you know, partly a book signing, partly his show. And so I will be um, announcing that here when we know exactly the venue and the time. And um, I will be doing a um, book signing and presentation in New York when I'm there in September. And then we'll be setting up some book signings for um, later, so probably in December in New York. And um, some book signings here in Austin and a, and a possible book signing in Boulder and a book signing on South Padre Island at Paragraphs at the end of January when all of the winter Texans are there. So there are a lot of things coming up. My blog, as I mentioned, came out last week in thriveglobal.com. So you can read that just by going to my website and clicking on publications, and it will be there. And I think that's it for news. So I just wanted to talk for a few moments um, since we don't have too much time, but I wanted to talk about this one of my favorite topics, and that is giving without expectation. And that's one of the chapters in the book. And I really, um, I really think it's an important topic right now because there's so much negativity out there and so so many people um, divided and and there's meanness in the world there's also a lot of kindness and we want I want to focus on that and I feel well I it's not just a feeling it's an actual scientific evidence that the more um, we give the more um, kindness and generosity that we show the um, the more that it ripples out into the world and has a, uh, a an effect to change the um, the tenor of what's going on around us to a much kinder um, atmosphere. So we can one person, each one of us, one at a time, we can actually make a huge difference in the world and turn things around to be much kinder and more generous. So I I told this story um, previously um, on this program, and you might have heard it if you listen to this program regularly. I also wrote about it. Um, But I talked about several um, really positive things that happened when I was in New York. And And I really purposely wrote about um, New York, because most people think of people in New York as being very mean. Not all of us are mean. <laughs> I don't live there anymore, but I'm from there, and, and there are some very kind people there, um, as there are everywhere. And so there were a few different incidents. I remember there was one situation where um, I took my mom to the bank to cash a check. But it was very cold. It was December, and it was, uh, I think, December or it might have been January. It was very cold, and she was just getting over being sick, and so she really couldn't be out in the cold. She wanted to get out of her place and take a ride with me, but getting in and out of the car was just too much for her, and it was just we didn't want to take that risk. So she wrote a check, and I, I went to her bank, with her, left her in the car, went into the bank to cash it. And the teller 
said to me that it would actually cost like $7, I think she said, $7 to cash the check because I didn't have an account in that bank. Whereas if my mom was there with her ID, since she had an account in that bank, it would be free to cash the check with her bank account. Um, you know, and I asked, well, how much would it be to to just take money out of the machine, out of the ATM machine? She said it could cost anywhere up to $5, depending on the fees of my bank and the fees of their... So, you know, I didn't expect anything, but I just said, well, that's too bad because my mom is actually sitting in the car, but she just can't come in. And the bank teller shocked me and said, does she have her ID with her? And I said, yes. And she said, well, why don't I just come out to the car with you? And she came out to the car. She walked it was all the way on the other side of the bank. She walked out with me in the cold. She left the teller window to walk outside with me to my mom in the car. When we got there, my mom said, you know, maybe I want um, – a little. I was going to tell you that I wanted to change the amount. I want a little bit more money because, you know, it was December. She said, Christmas is coming, and I want to give some gifts to some of the staff. So the teller said, oh, do you want, do you want me to rip up this check and do a withdrawal slip for a larger amount? And my mom said, yeah, if you could do that. So she went back inside, came out with a withdrawal slip, you know, we did the whole transaction right there in the parking lot, and then I followed the teller in so she could give me the cash so she couldn't walk outside. And I said to her, you know, very nice. Um, people don't expect this kind of thing from someone in New York. And she said, well, I'm one of a kind. But, you know, that made our day. I mean, not only was it a big help for us because, you know, I saved the $7, and my mom didn't have to get out of the car, but it had much bigger effect. I couldn't stop smiling about it. I thought it was so beautiful, and it made me want to do more, go out of my way more to do more for other people. And the the biggest part of this, the most beneficial part of of this, for the person doing it, I'm not having expectation for or anything in return. So when this teller did this for me, she didn't expect me to do something in return for her. And I could tell that she felt really good. And the research shows that doing that sort of thing actually has a um, a benefit for our mood and our benefit for our health. Um, Several studies have found that being kind and generous actually increases our ability to cope with physical pain and the symptoms of chronic diseases. When we do things for other people without anything expected in return, it actually boosts our ability to handle pain and it boosts our immune system so that we can deal with chronic diseases. Volunteering has been found to decrease blood pressure, stomach acid, and cholesterol levels, and increase immunoglobin A, which is a very important factor 
their immune system. That's volunteering. Just by giving our time to do something nice for for other people increases our ability to fight off disease. And in fact, volunteering has been correlated with a lower risk of mortality in older adults. So um, older adults tend to live longer when they volunteer. Um, It also has been found to decrease symptoms of stress and increase sleep, better sleep in older adults. And the researchers who looked at this called this phenomenon the helper's high. And this is based on the fact that what they found was that when people volunteer or do something for just out of kindness and with nothing expected in return, that they release those beautiful, I love those beautiful endorphins those natural mood-elevating and pain-reducing chemicals produced by our brain. So when we do something for someone else without expecting anything in return, then we, reduce, we release endorphins and we feel less pain, we have better sleep, and we have a better, a higher immune system. And in fact, at the University of California, a study conducted by Sonia Libormersky, I know I'm going to mess up her name, (laughs) she found that acting in a kind manner actually increases the serotonin in our brain, which is the key chemical neurotransmitter that's responsible for our mood, our energy, our sleep, sharpness of thought, digestion, and health. So, you know, the antidepressant medication that doctors prescribe for depression increase that serotonin in our brain. We can increase the serotonin in our brain just by being generous to another person without expecting anything in return. So it's as powerful as Prozac. And I'm going to... And that discussion there, there's a lot more, a lot more research about it, and there's a lot, there's all kinds of benefits for the people who observe it, and I'm going to talk about that when we come back in two weeks for our show in two weeks. So I'm going to end the conversation right here, and we are going to play the music of our next guest. Michael Reese, who will be joining us on the phone in just a few moments. So let's play some of Michael Reese's music.
the music of our guest, Michael Reese, who is joining us on the phone from Colorado Springs, Colorado. Welcome, Michael. Thank you. Is it Mara? Well, I say Mara, but Mara, that's fine. <laughs> How are you? I'm okay. Thank you for joining us. I just want to let you know that when we talk like this, there's a slight delay sometimes. Okay. So, um, so Michael, before we go any further um, talking about what you're doing, maybe you can give our listeners a little bit of history about your music and but your musical history. Okay. Um, I started when I was 10 years old, uh, just always wanted to play guitar. And uh, as I got about 15 or 16, uh, I had to cut some theory classes in high school and started writing music. And so um, I have songs that go as far back as uh, when I was 15, 16 years old. And then uh, eventually started playing out live and working in bands and then um, uh, probably when I was about 25, um, I started really getting serious about um, my career and just playing with as many different bands as I could. And that was in, that's when I got to Boulder, Colorado, and I started playing there. And uh, that went on for 11 years, and then I moved to L.A. for seven years and played out there with instrumental with some instrumental bands of my own and then uh, some other artists and uh, or did some film composition um, and then uh, had a good experience out in L.A., but I really missed Colorado, so I just wanted to come back here, be with my family and play locally. So uh, mm-hmm. anyway, you know, it was, uh, it was, uh, it all happened real quick. To me, I look back on it now and go, wow, where did all the time go, you know, and, uh-huh. Ended up playing playing with some artists that uh, oh, like Keith Emerson. I worked with him a little bit, and uh, we did a CD called "Dodging the Dream Killers" uh, with some friends of mine that were f- uh, with um, Stan Sheldon and um, who else? Tommy Stevenson from the Barnstorm Band of Joe Walsh and Michael Street, mm-hmm. the drummer, the original drummer for Santana, pr- produced that record. Wow. Um, yeah, that was a trip meeting, you know, we had to go meet him at the airport. And, of course, it was many years later, and we were going, okay, uh, so he's going to look different now, so we got to kind of recognize him in the airport, right? <laughs> and uh, so we met, we finally, we hooked, it was pretty easy, actually. We hooked up with him and immediately went back to the studio in Kansas City and started working on the project. Um, that was uh, really, really a cool moment for me because um, – I'm, I've been a huge Santana fan since I was a kid, really since when I first started playing. So that was like really something else for me. Uh-huh, I bet. Yeah. And just different projects over the years, you know. Uh, I have a solo project that I did um, called Dragonflyer that I did in 1995. And um, that was uh, the one best produced CD in the LA Music Awards. And uh, I was nominated Guitarist of the Year, but didn't win that category, which was okay with me. I was just happy to get nominated. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so, you know, that quit, that's kind of a brief uh, 
history. There's a lot more, but you know, it's it. It all looks much better on paper than me talking about it for. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so what are you doing these days? I've got a new uh, project we just started uh, with some with a longtime friend of mine, Jimmy Lang, and uh, it's a. Uh, Kind of, uh, we're doing some of the uh, instrumental stuff off my Dragonflyer CD, and uh, we just did our first show, and it went off really well. And uh, Kathy Sparrow and Meryl Spielman have been helping us get this project off the ground. And uh, uh-huh. and then I play with a, I play with a local band here called Tribe. We've actually been playing here for 15 years, and it features all the music of. Uh, New Orleans in the Mardi Gras season, which okay. is really, oh, it's really fun. You know, we yeah. do all kinds of Mardi Gras Indian music, and um, we we get all dressed up for that season. Um, and then on the off mm-hmm. season, we, we play locally and do everything from uh, reggae to blues to funk, uh, little Louis Armstrong just a pretty full game. Uh, we do some Santana now. We just added that. A uh, uh, About five months ago, a 15-year-old girl came up to us, and she goes, you guys playing Santana? And we're going, you know what? When a person this young asks if we can do any Santana, we better step up to the plate and figure it out real quick. <laughs> you know, we thought it was really cool, really cool that she had asked for that and knew who Santana was and all that. So uh, so we faked our way through um, the first two songs, um, Black Magic Woman and Oyokomova. We faked our way through both of those. Uh, and uh-huh. we made it through. And we just decided, hey, you know, people love that. We're going to do it at every show now. So that was real. So thank, thank you for that 15-year-old young lady for getting us started on that. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we just played one of your one of your songs. Was that Blue mm-hmm. Horizon? Yes, that's Blue Horizon. Um, I wrote that about 15 years ago and then recorded it about six years ago. And uh, it's uh, kind of inspired by, I would say, you know, by uh, a couple different players. Uh, Santana being uh, a huge influence, Carlos, and then... Uh, probably a little bit of Jeff Beck and Clapton uh, influence in there too. I, those are the guys I grew up with and grew up listening to and learning from. Right. Wearing my parents, right. you wearing my parents' record out, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just lifting the needle up and listening to five seconds of a solo like 50 times until you get that little part of the solo. And meanwhile, my parents are going, what happened to our needle on our phonograph? Uh-huh. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, yeah. So, so we're gonna play an, mm-hmm. uh, oh, we're gonna play another one of your songs um that you sent majestic right can okay. you tell us uh, about it before we go to that song absolutely mara um that is uh I have been studying and reading uh on uh u f o s and the government's involvement with that for years and years and years and uh Majestic 12 was supposedly the team, investigative team, secret investigative team that that, uh, I think Herbert Hoover put together uh, to um, kind of oversee and study the whole UFO thing after the Roswell crash 
happened in 1947. So, uh, so when I was reading, when I was writing, uh, reading a Whitley Stryber book, uh, I started really getting getting into all this stuff, and so mm-hmm. that song was in, kind of a, uh, I would say my, maybe a sci-fi rocker inspired by that, by the Majestic oh. Twelve. Okay, well that's cool. All right, so we're going to play a little of that. Don't hang up because then we'll come back for a few more moments before we go. You got it. Okay, thank you. All right. Michael Reese on guitar. Um, wow, that definitely sounds sci-fi. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Mira. <laughs> I like uh, that. Yeah, can I, I could just can can you imagine if you would have been on that investigative team, how how strange that whole thing would have been. You know, it's just, uh, I mean, who knows how much of it's real? But you know, if you just kind of take a little thought of wow what if some of this was real and you imagine what those guys were investigating what they might be yeah. seeing wow yeah. <laughs> yeah you know yeah well you know um 
we really don't know what's out there. We don't, and that's my that's one of my big curiosities. You know, I'm sure it is for a lot of people. We want to we we just have this curiosity: of where did we come from? You know, uh, what is out beyond what we know? And um, uh, I'm thinking, you know, in my lifetime, I sure would like to find a few of those things out. Yeah. You know. So, so Michael, how many CDs do you have? I have, I think, about eight CDs out. And um, we're going to be doing uh, probably songs with um, my new band called Michael Reese and Spirit Machine. We're probably going to be doing about, oh, mostly songs off the Spirit Machine CD and then a few off, maybe one or two off my Guitarscapes. I have a whole series of Guitarscape CDs, uh, which you can, if you, do you mind if I mention the site you can find those on? Oh, yes, I was going to ask you. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, great. Um, you can just go to Michael Reese slash CD Baby, and the Guitarscape CDs. Oh, there's a series of five, and uh, they they were at a point in my career where I just kind of uh, had overloaded on the whole rock and roll business, and you know, just lived in LA and done the whole thing, been through a bunch of three record companies, and I just thought, you know what, I just really need to make some me- mellow music for myself, and then. Uh, hopefully share that with some people. So the Guitarscapes mm-hmm. is very, very, very mellow, pretty mellow, laid-back guitar music, kind of like new-agey, bluesy, jazzy a little bit with uh, electric guitar laid on top of all that. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. And then and uh, the... Uh, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, and I was just going to say, and then we did the Dodging the Dream Killers with the band called F5, and... Uh, that was with Michael Shreve, and you can probably find that online. It's been—I think it's been like a long—it's been like a long time since that record's been released, and uh, well, the record company that we had is no longer. So I don't know mm-hmm. how easy it is to find that that uh, that CD anymore. But yeah, about eight CDs. So, um, do you have a website where people can find out more about you and where you're playing and about your CDs and purchase them there? I would say the best thing to do is, uh, you know, if if uh, any of y'all are Facebook uh, people out there, you can just go. We just uh, set up a new uh, Facebook page, Michael Reese and Spirit Machine. Um and you can, you know, we're going to start posting a lot on that one. And then probably the other place is the, uh, I have a little bio and stuff on the CD Baby uh, page too. So okay. uh, we're working on we're working on a website for the new band, but we don't quite have that together yet. Okay. And you're mainly mm-hmm. playing in Colorado, Colorado Springs mm-hmm. area? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. right now we're going to be doing probably, uh, you know, Colorado Springs and Front Range area. That's that's the plan mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And that will be that'll be on your Facebook page if people want to find you. If they want to find out, we'll be posting all our dates and stuff on the Facebook page. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great. So I'm I'm going to post the link to those both on the web post about this show. So if people. Okay. Great. Yeah. If they didn't get their pen and paper out in time, they can just go to my website later tonight, and it'll be there. Great, Mara. I sure appreciate it. All right. Well, thank you so much for for coming on the program, and I hope we get to meet you when we're up in Colorado, the Colorado Springs area. Um, I hope you'll look us up. 
yeah, I'm sure <laughs> we'll. I'm sure we will. <laughs> okay, good. We'll All right. most likely be here playing somewhere. All right, Mary. Right. Well, it's a pleasure to talk with you, and thank you so much. Yes, thank you. You have a good mm-hmm. evening. You too, Mara. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. So before um, Art knocks us off the air, let me let everybody know what's happening in the next couple of weeks. Um, next Sunday, September 2nd, we will be off for the Labor Day weekend. We hope you have a great holiday weekend. And, and again, stay safe. And um, we'll be playing an encore of my interview with Kundalini Yoga Master Ravi Singh of RaviAna.com. And if you have questions about this powerful energetic yoga technique, this is that interview. Um, it was very informative. And also Brian Wedgworth, metal sculptor, was on that show, so you can check that out. And then the following week on September 9th, we'll be back with another live show. And Chad Scott, who joined us from California a couple of weeks ago to play some of his music, will be back. And this time he will talk about the many benefits of yoga and more. We'll have, we always have more. And I'll also continue my discussion about the benefits of generosity. And if you want to hear tonight's program again and read the information from the show and read about upcoming shows, listen to previous programs, read my blog, learn more about my book, all of that, go to my website, drmarakarpel.com, D-R-M-A-R-A-K-A-R-P-E-L.com. And also be sure to follow me on Facebook for up-to-the-minute news, and that's Dr. Mara Carpel, Your Golden Years. And my other Facebook page, The Passionate Life by Dr. Mara Carpell. And you can listen to this evening's program in as soon as five minutes from now by going directly to Blog Talk Radio. That's B-L-O-G talkradio.com slash your golden years. This evening's program was produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions and sponsored by neurologist and memory specialist, Dr. Ronald DeVere, and by StoryHouse. And special thanks to my guests, Kathy Sparrow and Michael Reese. And, of course, thank you to Art. Thank you all for listening. Have a peaceful night and inspiring couple of weeks. And remember, youth has no age. Good night, everyone. guidance offered by Dr. Carpell is not intended to replace the advice of your own physician or mental health specialist. Neither Dr. Carpell, her sponsors, nor this station assumes responsibility for the misuse of any of the information given on this show.